Well, at least we know one league championship series will not be a sweep. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who apparently has a hard time saying the word League champ- Championship Series. League championship series. Maybe that's why we should just call it the LCS. I've been a podcaster for well over a decade now, and this is my fifth full season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. And if you are someone who listens every single day, please, when you respond on Twitter or on Instagram, do so by putting the hashtag Everyday Sully so I know who's listening every single day. Follow us on Twitter, or whatever the hell it's called now, at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter, Instagram. I'm your pal Sully at Twitter, Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently, operation over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. I always called it Slurpees. I think I need to head over and grab one pretty soon. It's late. It's late. And this is one of these little like Venn diagrams that I have exactly now around 11 o'clock at night to record this or not have a podcast at all. And if you've been, you know, following the show, you know, I've been waiting all year for the postseason. And look at, I'm not, some people have accused me of being too negative about baseball. I love baseball. This is my, this brings me joy. Like arguing with your family, you could criticize the things that you love, but I love baseball. I have felt that this postseason has been a bit of a dud there have really only been like two or three really good games, really only one great game. Uh, and what I've been wanting so desperately to, to avoid this postseason are sweeps because I don't really have a dog in the fight anymore, personally, for any teams that I really love or even teams that I really hate. I don't hate the Astros. I like the idea that there's a possibility that Dusty Baker could join the likes of t- of managers who have won back-to-back World Series titles. I think that's kind of cool. I also think the Astros being the villain for so many fan bases is also good for baseball. It's like a good Bond film. You're The best Bond films are the ones with the best villains, the best Marvel films, the best Star Wars films, the best, you know, anything. The, the best John Wick films are the ones that have the best bad guys. And, you know, the Astros are the bad guys, not for me personally, but for a lot of people. And certainly here in Los Angeles County, where they're just, they're vilified. And trying to talk about the, hoping that this goes to game seven while I'm in a room full of Dodger fans is, uh, you know, record scratch time. Um, so I, you know, the, the series are going to continue. And I, if not going seven, 
then I at least want them to go into the weekend. I don't want another situation like we had where we had just days and days without baseball. And so you know, we go into uh, Arlington in the stadium that I still associate with COVID because that's where the World Series was. And uh, Max Scherzer came out to pitch. It's like, oh, man, he is going like, to, you, you know, I'd heard that he was trying to come back. He obviously wasn't in the wild card round. He wasn't in the division series round. He hasn't pitched in a long time. And let's face it, when he got injured that late in the year and he's not a spring chicken anymore, I felt that, well, you know, maybe that's the end of his career. Well, he didn't do particularly well. He let up, uh, you know, remember how I said the other day that the Rangers have only been behind one inning this entire postseason. Well, that came to a head today. And Scherzer let up the, you know, a couple of RBIs to Martin Maldonado. Um, they were down three, nothing after two and quickly this game was turning into that type of game that I really don't like, which is one team goes ahead on a big run early. I I hate these games when it's not my team. If it's my team, these are my favorite kind of games. But when I just want to see a great game and I see a team run off to an early lead and hang on to that lead yeah, that's a little frustrating. It's a little lacking in drama. You know, we saw, um, you know, uh, 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 Christian Javier at one point was throwing a no-hitter. Remember, he started the World Series game that was the combined no-hitter. And at one point, I thought, like, fine, do that again. Do that again. Um, by the way, you saw that the uh, they jumped off to a you know, 5 nothing lead against Scherzer, who was taken out after four. And there was just a parade of pitchers who came in. Uh, Will Smith, not that Will Smith, not the other Will Smith, but this Will Smith, the one who was on the mound to clinch the World Series championship for the Braves, was on the World Series winning team for the Astros last year, but didn't play in the playoffs. Um, He was there. Uh, Gray, who hadn't pitched this entire postseason, he made a nice little cameo. It was kind of like checking off those people. Hey, who wants to get into play? So you can get into a game when you look on their profile on baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, and that the little gold ring next to the players when they win a World Series title. The Rangers could conceivably do that. But uh, it wasn't Scherzer's night. They got a start out of him. Um, it was, you know, Christian Javier led up a pair of home runs to Young, the, the wonderful third baseman for the Rangers, who hit two two-run homers which accounted for almost all of Texas's offense. Um, the Rangers did their best to make a game, of it, or Young did his best to make a game of it, you know, driving in four runs by himself. But it seemed like every time he hit a home run, the Astros would answer with a run. It was an okay game. It wasn't like the 10 nothing debacle we had last night between uh, Arizona and Philadelphia. It was at least competitive. The Rangers showed up to their home ballpark. But, you know, and, and don't sleep on anybody now because we have, we have, by the way, we know we have at least two more days where we have two baseball games. So that's glorious. Uh, you know, as I told you before, I, I'm a teacher. That's how I make my main income. And I'm a special education teacher in Pasadena. 
And one of my students is a huge baseball fan. So right around two o'clock in the afternoon, Pacific daylight time, we're not quite at standard time yet. We're going to have the Phillies Diamondbacks game on. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the upcoming segment. But then around five bells, we're going to see Urquidy versus Heaney. And so we have two games tomorrow. And even if it's another 10-0 blowout for the Philadelphia Phillies, we'll have two games on Friday where we'll have the Rangers and Astros be the early game. And then the primetime game is in Arizona. And with any luck, we will have two games on Monday if Astros Rangers go the full seven and D-backs and the Phillies go game six. That's what I want because if, if, if these series, you know, if one is like a four game, the other is a five game, that would mean both series would be finished on Saturday if the Rangers win in five and the, and the Phillies sweep. Actually, uh, it would be over on Friday. There would be no game on Saturday. There would be no game on Sunday. And there would, be, there would be no game on Monday. There would be no game on Tuesday. We'd have to wait till Friday. If, again, unless you're a Philadelphia fan or you're a Texas fan, you've got to be hoping these series go longer. Because if the Phillies sweep and the Astros lose in five, that means the league championship series will be clinched on Friday. And the World Series would begin the next Friday. We would have an entire week without a baseball game. Well, someone's got to use little words to explain that to me. Because Game 7 in the NLCS would end on Tuesday. Nothing on Wednesday. Nothing on Thursday. Really? Really? And we can't have an agreement. We can't come up with something saying, hey, if both series end before the next travel, then that next, like, for example, if both series end uh, in the middle portion, you start with the series goes two, three, two. If they both end before they go back for game six and seven, then start the series a couple of days earlier. Well, we can't tell where this, uh, the travel will be, this other thing. You don't know what travel's going to be anyway. When the series started, it could be in, in a whole bunch of different places. Remember Milwaukee was in this? Remember Miami was in this way back then in the Cretaceous period? That was actually this year. Technically, it was this month. So look, at, I understand they're trying to have some, some wiggle room in case of weather and everything like that, but this is insane. This is there's a real, real possibility that we can have a week without baseball, which is why I am rooting for Arizona and for Houston the next bunch of days. Not because I'm dying to see the storied rivalry of the Astros and the Diamondbacks in the World Series. I just want to see that game. Those games. That's what I want. And this is not that hard to figure out. And I want to be doing this and making my picks along the way. What picks do you mean? It's time to talk a little bit about our friends at Sleeper because the Major League Baseball playoffs are here and I want them to go deeper. 
I want to be able to see Bryce Harper. I want to be able to see Corbin Carroll. I want to be able to see Altuve and company. I want to be able to see uh, uh, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager and everyone on the Rangers doing all their great stuff. And that means also earning 100 times my cash on daily fantasy baseball because this is when this is the good stuff. This is when it gets delicious. And I can pick more or less on stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you can win big. So what you got to do is you got to use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Sleeper, come on now. Let's win big. Here's the deal. The American League Championship Series could very well go seven. And I was watching the game today, and it reminded me of something. Because remember how the playoffs started? The playoffs started when the Rangers came stumbling in. They had lost those two games to Seattle, which cost them the division, forced them to play those two games in Tampa Bay. I didn't give him a chance. Chances are you didn't either. But Tampa Bay didn't show up. They didn't realize these games counted. And they got swept in those two games. Fine. Then the Rangers went to Baltimore and showed that they should have been acquiring pitchers instead. A very controversial stance. I grant you that the Orioles should have acquired pitchers. However, it proved to not be controversial. proved to be factual. Turns out controversial at this time of night is as hard to say as League Championship Series. So I'm going to say controversy, as the British would say, and LCS. So now the first two games when they play the uh, Houston Astros, again, it was all Astros all the time. And was the first game was, uh, you know, they, they shut out the Astros two bagel in the first one. And the second one was a thriller. It was a 5-4. It was one of the better games this postseason. But in the end, the Rangers won both the games. So there you go. Then they get, you know, they lose today. But I'll tell you what it reminded me of. It reminded me that these Rangers are streaky. These Rangers can look really great and really terrible. Remember how a big chunk of this year, the Rangers look like they may win 100 games and run away with the division. And then they played so badly between the middle of August and the middle of September that they actually not only fell out of the, of first place, they fell three games back and for a while fell totally out of the playoff picture. And then they woke up and they started winning again. Then they had that bad weekend where everything fell apart. And then they've had some time where they've been really terrific. This is how up and down Jekyll and Hyde the Rangers are. If you go to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, you can look up the, the Rangers page for 2023. In August, the Rangers went on an eight-game winning streak in early August that basically put the aft thrusters on and put them in a position where they were going to run away with the division. Do you know what they did just a week later? They went on an eight-game losing streak. That they 
go on these wild fluctuating streaks. They look, they look unbeatable. They look incompetent. They look super clutch. They fall apart. Their bullpen is marvelous. Their pitching staff stinks. Back and forth and back and forth. Actually, the bullpen was never marvelous. I, I meant to say the bullpen is a mess. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's kind of late. And so, if I were a Ranger fan, I would say, uh-oh, uh-oh, you better get your act together here. You better not be going on one of those losing streaks because we've seen they can do both and it can turn like that. They can be brilliant and then boom. I just showed you in August, eight-game winning streak, eight-game losing streak. And it would not take an eight-game losing streak to end this. Uh, later on, on was it on here on Thursday, um, Urquidy is going to pitch for Houston. Haney is going to pitch for Texas. Both of them are talented pitchers. Neither one of them are world beaters, which means this game is the very definition of tossing this coin. I'm not a big believer in momentum. I've seen too many examples of momentum not meaning piddly-poo. However, there is something about this team, and I'd be very nervous right now. And I'm going to say something which sounds banal, but it is the closest thing I'm going to give to a prediction here. Whoever wins tomorrow is going to win this series. If the Rangers win, they're up 3-1. They're going to win one out of three up down the stretch. If Houston ties this series and guarantees returning back to Houston, then I think they're going to win it. I really do because, you you know, you don't know. You know, Verlander's going to pitch one game. Framber Valdez has got to pitch better than he did. And I'm fine with Christian Javier versus some combination of Max Scherzer and, I don't know, Jake DeGrom can't pitch. Uh, can Fergie Jenkins come back? I don't know. Neither do you. But whoever wins tomorrow is winning that series. And, again, we're going to see what happens with Arizona and Philadelphia. In fact, I'm going to answer a couple of questions there. But the fact of the matter is, D-backs, it's all resting on this. You know, they could be that great story. And we've seen situations where teams look completely dead and roasted and make a series out of it. I remember the Pirates, everyone remembers in 1992 that Francisco Cabrera came off the bench and got the two-run single with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. That's the whole thing that happened in that series. I remember that series very well. I was rooting big time for the Pirates because, I don't know, I have such a soft spot in my heart for the Pirates, and the Red Sox stunk that year, the Giants stunk that year. So I followed the Pirates, and you also got the sense that the window was closing for that team. You knew they weren't going to resign Bonds or Drabeck or anyone. So you knew they had to win it right then and there. Well, the first couple of games against Atlanta, the Braves just outclassed the Pirates in every way, shape, or form. And I remember my heart kind of sinking and thinking, it's going to be a sweep, isn't it? Tim Wakefield, the late great Tim Wakefield, came out and threw a complete game victory in game three. But poor Doug Drabeck got his butt handed to him in game four. And Bonds was still in a slump. The team looked awful. And I said, you know what? This is just men versus boys. Then the Pirates woke up, and they won games five and six, partially because Bonds started hitting. But they also had a complete game victory from Wakefield and from Bob Walk. The Pirates' bullpen was a mess, so Leland said, screw it, just go the distance. And 
Drabeck was going in the ninth as well. We're going to have three straight complete game victories. And the Pirates came back. And not only did they come back, they blew out the Braves in games five and six and were on the verge of going to the World Series. That would have been one of the great comebacks in the history of the National League Championship Series. Instead, it became the Francisco Cabrera game. But the reason I'm bringing that up is that team looked so overmatched by the Braves. And the Diamondbacks look so overmatched by the Phillies. But there is a precedent for coming back in a situation like this. So we're going to see. We're going to see. I'm gonna, also going to answer uh, some some uh, comments that we got on YouTube and some of the other on some of the other places. Uh, first of all, the trivia question: Which veteran drove in both Atlanta Braves runs in the last time the Diamondbacks won a LCS game, which was clinching the 2001 pennant? The answer and Big John 08865 got this correct. It was Julio Franco, who was 42 years old at the time. And Big John says that guy was baseball's Methuselah. He played forever. Let me give you an idea how long Julio Franco played. When he played his first game in the major leagues, I was a 10-year-old boy. It was 1982. I was 10 years old. When he played his final game, I was a father of two in my 30s. Julio Franco played that whole time. See, a couple of years he was overseas, here and there and everywhere. But the rest of the time, he was playing professional baseball. That's a career. Absolutely. So good job. Again, the trivia question there. We'll have another one at the end of the show. But first, there's a lot going on in this very, very complicated world. And with all this uncertainty in the world today, it's important to be prepared for any medical emergency. The Jace case from Jace Medical is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that can treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can customize your case and add additional life-saving medication based on your unique needs. Now, Jace Medical now offers custom ability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose medications that fit you and your family's unique needs. Jace is continuing to work to expand their medication offerings. In these recent effort, they added Invermectum as an option to the Jace case. Now, you can also buy a gift card for family or loved ones so they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com. Enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code L O C K E D O N at J A S E medical.com. Hey, let's read a couple of uh, comments we got uh, based on some of the shows we've been doing recently. Uh, I was saying that the the fact that they're the the Diamondbacks are going to be facing uh, Ranger Suarez, Ranger Suarez. I can't pronounce anyone's name correctly this morning, this late at night. Um, and saying that the Diamondbacks had a chance. Uh, Foot nine commented Ranger 
Ranger Danger Suarez is no joke. Could easily see him shutting out the D-backs over six innings. And Zachary Cam pointed out that Suarez has 21 innings pitched in the postseason with a 1.1 ERA. You're massively underestimating him. I very well could be. I very well could be. I also could be very well wanting a series between two teams that I don't have a lot of emotion attached to to go seven games. So it could be wishful thinking. And I've seen situations where unbeatable pitchers have lost big time. Certainly enough, Clayton Kershaw starts to end that way. You know, when Barry Zito faced Justin Verlander in game one of the 2012 World Series, it was one of the biggest mismatches of all time, except the fact that Zito won. It can happen. It's just one game and maybe a day off, dust yourself off, and those Rangers bat, uh, the uh, uh, those Diamondbacks bats can get to work. Uh, Tony Guerriere, 22-5-8. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. It says, Phillies fan here. There are game series where, like Sully, that's me, said some things work out just because of one little decision. This is me talking about taking out Merrill Kelly where a 3 nothing game suddenly became a 6 nothing game. Taking Merrill out obviously made things worse looking back, but man, oh man, the Phillies are clicking in all cylinders right now. Being a Phillies fan for many years, I have to sit back and recognize it's still a seven-game series and only two games have been played. Anything can and will happen. I hope so, because I want to see a great game seven. Um, Max and Son Railroader 618 wrote, My brother and I were talking about playoff options. We think an NBA-style series a la number three wild card plays number two in a one game playoff winner plays the number one in a one game playoff and the winner plays that it looks like it's some sort of round robin thing i i had to sort of do a beautiful mind we're putting up all the stuff on the wall figuring out or that that shot from it's always sunny in philadelphia um i'm big time tempted to win your division uh, while we still have them, keeps the momentum of games going without massive rest or division winners. Look at, I, I, I appreciate that. I still say abolish divisions, two best teams get the bye, the four teams remaining each play a one-game playoff. And therefore we get, if you want to make it a best of three series, fine. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, start the division series on Thursday. Enough of this. Enough of all this sitting around stuff. Um, Schwing 1-4-0 says, Carol not stealing two games in a row shows the D-backs are chumps. Maybe. I don't know. They certainly look good against the Dodgers. I wonder where that team went. Uh, Bill Jacobson wrote, uh, we were talking about the Orioles. He said, the Orioles are bad ownership. Well, the Angelo brothers are suing each other, made them negligent so management can get them into the playoffs. All the money is going to lawsuits. Yeah, I've been, been having some back and forth with some people about the Orioles being a bottom five payroll, thinking that's absurd. And some people point out, well, Masson is, you know, cutting in. They have to spend, you know, share revenue with the Nationals, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, the billionaire owners, a deeply rooted fan base with, you know, fans all across the country as well in a great stadium and the Nationals stink. So the, there's, there are reasons to build the Orioles up. And I'm sorry, I'm not buying the whole they can't afford it. Of course they can afford it. If you can't afford it, then sell the team. Sounds like they wanted to do. And they're going to stay in Baltimore, which should be a destination uh, place. So, all right, well, look at We're going to see. We've got two games tomorrow. We're going to see what's going to happen there. Um, I'm going to bring up, as we're uh, 
tomorrow is going to be the anniversary of game seven of the 2004 ALCS, which was the type of game that I would hate if I was not a Red Sox fan. But I love that they jumped out to a big lead and held on. Uh, in that game, you know, we remember, you know, uh, Johnny Damon hit two home runs that game. David Ortiz hit a big home run. Derek Lowe was fantastic. But two heroes who helped ice that game. Mark Bellhorn hit a back-breaking home run just as the Yankees were starting to rally again. And Alan Embry came out of the bullpen to get the final out. They didn't have to use Keith Folk. And Alan Embry came out, and he was the one on the mound when they were celebrating. So you had the Yankees had their back broken by Red Sox heroes Mark Bellhorn and Alan Embry. What did those two players, Alan Embry and Mark Bellhorn, have in common for the 2005 playoffs? The next year, what did Alan Embry and Mark Bellhorn Two people who put the nails in the Yankees' coffin in the 2004 postseason. What did they have in common in the 2005 postseason? Write your answers at YouTube or on Twitter. Or you can follow me at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Getting my wish that not all these series are going to be sweeps. This has been Lockdown MLB for the 19th day of October. 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, and my voice just broke, and you can call me Sully. League Championship Series. League Championship. Nah, just LCS.